Welcome to the Creativity Lab, the podcast that shows how to channel your creativity to live your best, most beautiful life. And now here's your host, director of the Creativity Lab at West Los Angeles College, Harvard PhD, TV writer and professor, Dr. Catherine Boutry. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Each episode, we discuss a creative approach to life's challenges. Today, we're talking to former West LA College student and restaurateur Cole Cabrera about facing her fears, hitting rock bottom, and launching a wildly successful pop-up underground restaurant in her loft. Cole Cabrera is a self-described content creator, motivator, idea crusher, and an extra hand in the kitchen, as well as everything else that comes with being self-employed. She's also a senior majoring in sociology at CSU Los Angeles. Thank you so much for coming in today. When I first met you, uh, I had you in class. You were an amazing student. And I had you come to the Creativity Conference in 2019, and you gave a talk about this amazing creative professional endeavor that you had engaged in. Would you talk a little bit about that? Uh, My best friend and I started a pop-up business out of our loft space. And so that is... uh, a brunch that we operated out of our pretty much essentially apartment, uh, two days. So a restaurant. A week, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but a legal operating restaurant, technically speaking. But yes, we were operating a restaurant out of our loft space. And what was the Sunday morning brunch like? You know, we were kind of tucked in a little nook of the arts district that was unassuming and you wouldn't go there unless you, it's technically like considered the produce area of the arts district. And so it's just very industrial. You wouldn't think to go there uh, to have a lavish food experience, but that is what ended up happening. We had people traveling from all over to LA and kind of having that like, where am I? What is this? What's going on? And I don't know, we might have to edit this part out, but the part (laughs) where our loft was, um, because we were doing early Sunday morning brunch, there was uh, a business operating in the area that had um, ladies of the night out. (laughs) So sometimes (laughs) they would be out and people, we'd have, you know, customers coming and there would just be a little... (laughs) Did that help or hurt business? Um, I think it added to the mystique of what was happening because I think some people were like, is, is, am I really experiencing what am I experiencing and I'm going to come and eat here? And I think, I'm sure some people were fearful and I think some people were kind of intrigued by that kind of new experience. So how many people did you have on your busiest day? So we would average Saturday and Sunday, and we would open from like 10 to two, we'd average 300 people a weekend. So how did you organize? Did you have restaurant experience before you started this? I did not have restaurant experience. Uh, My best friend uh, slash partner uh, had restaurant experience, um, and he was trying to step away. The restaurant um, industry is very grueling on your schedule, and so he was trying to um, come out of that and create something that was a little bit more inspiring for you know the type of culinary ex- culinary experience that he wanted to produce. So it was all new to me, but we just started hiring people and putting this together. Meanwhile, I have a full time job. So this was What just, were you doing? Uh, I was in the beauty industry. So I was a district manager for a beauty retailer. So I had uh, the entire LA area as my district. 
And then on the weekends, I was trying to get this business up and going. Wow, did you come up with menus? Uh, yes, we, uh, and that was the thing and that kind of made it tricky, but as part of the experience, what happens is when people go to a restaurant, they tend to order the same thing every time. So True every week, <laughs> every week we would change the menu. And so we started to develop regulars and they were like, wait, last week. And we we're like, yeah, we're trying to get you out of your comfort zone. So that was tricky coming up with uh, new things to kind of introduce to our customers on a weekly basis. So you have creativity in your soul because you're forcing everybody out of their comfort <laughs> zone, which is one of the primary uh, tenets of creativity. And sounds like you were definitely out of your comfort yes. zone. What was the biggest obstacle? What was the biggest pro Did you have to do a lot of problem solving in situ as things were happening on a Sunday morning? I think there are so many different obstacles. I think, uh, <laughs> I think my life felt like one big obstacle. But for me, the biggest obstacle was uh, making the decision to quit my job. Mm. Because at some point, it started to take off. And we were like, OK, we have something here. We're going to need to expand more than the weekends. But I had such a demanding job that I was like, OK, I don't know how I'm going to swing this. And in the back of my mind, I always knew um, when I first graduated from high school, I attended Cal State Fullerton. And then I went to school for a year and then didn't finish. And so I started working. But in the back of my mind, it was always like, I want to finish school. So part of my uh, thinking was, if I quit this job and I quit my full-time job and start on my own business venture, I can eventually get to a place where I can go back to school and make that a more manageable um, reality. But quitting my job was the biggest thing because there was so much fear. There was so much fear about um, the stability I had, the position that I had, uh, benefits, uh, all of that stuff. And you're walking away from that into an unknown and going to be depending on yourself to you know, supply your income. And I think that was one of my biggest obstacles, even just starting the business venture. And then from there, I mean, it was the fact that we were operating illegally <laughs> was an obstacle. I had um, people in the building that weren't happy, people in the building that were happy. So um, there were definitely, uh, every day, a, a new obstacle to overcome. <laughs> How did you overcome those obstacles psychologically? I'm sure you trouble you were troubleshooting and you used creative problem solving in the time, but psychologically, did you ever feel a little bit overwhelmed? Uh, psychologically, I think the biggest obstacle for me was overcoming my fear. I think at uh, at a certain point, I don't even think I could think straight. I just was so afraid of the like what ifs, and you know it was because I was operating something illegally that was like, what if I quit my job? I have this side business that is like being operated under, you know, false pretenses by all accounts. So I think there just was so much fear and so much unknown that I don't even think I could be creative at the time. I think I first and foremost had to like wrestle with the fear and then just came to the conclusion that like, you know what, whatever's gonna happen, I'm gonna be okay. It doesn't matter. And I think once I put that aside and was like, okay, I have to get over my fears and like really, cause I, I think I was one foot in, one foot out. I was like one foot in, excited about the new opportunity, excited about how our, our business was growing, but one foot in the like, well, what if this 
doesn't work out and people are gonna think I'm a fool. People were telling me don't do it. And so I think I had to come to a place where I put the fear aside so that I could open myself up to be creative, to find ways of making this a, a legal business, um, expanding on it and going from there. And did you find it creatively fulfilling to do that? Oh yeah, definitely. I think more than any other time in my life, it's been the most creative time in my life. I mean, creative with um, equipment would go, something would happen, a gas line would be out, and it's like, okay, how do you, how do we get gas on? Like, how do we, a fryer goes out, and it's like coming up with a solution. You have some dishes that need some like fried garnishing or fried potatoes, and it's like, okay, well, we have a pot and oil, and so I think definitely that my experience doing that has definitely stretched me in ways that I would have never imagined that I could problem solve or be creative. And I think now it has helped me that I don't really have so much fears. In any situation, I'm always like, okay, we can find a way through this. Where did West fit into your trajectory between quitting your job in beauty, having the restaurant? We hit a wall. And there was a point where business was not good. And so for me, I was like, okay, before this, I was in the beauty industry. I don't have any real tie to the food industry and I don't have my education. I knew that I needed to make sure I had a backup plan. And so, and not to mention, I always wanted to get back into school. So that was like a perfect time for me to say, you know what, let me, while this is not the most stable environment, let me build some stability by going back to school and pursuing that goal. And so what was your time like at West? I loved, <laughs> I loved my time here. Um, it was such a great experience. Um, every professor that I had, I just felt that there was a genuine care. And you know, each professor has a different disposition and even if they weren't the most friendliest or anything of that nature, I still felt that they were very committed to what they were doing, uh, teaching, um, being there for students. And so it was a very pleasant experience being a student here. So what are you doing now professionally? Is the restaurant still going? Most of my business ended up being um, private events and catering and that's kind of the direction our business went and no one's getting together, no one's gathering. And so that I would say the pandemic definitely threw a monkey wrench into how we operate as a business now. Would you say you're at a crossroads or are you? Definitely, I would say I'm at a crossroads, yes. I'm getting ready to graduate. Congratulations. So, thank you, I'm really excited about that. So I'm getting ready to graduate. So I feel that although I'm at a crossroads, I feel really good about the place that I'm in because I feel like I have so many opportunities and I feel like this is um, a time for me to have a fresh start. I think the pandemic was so hard on everyone and I think I, kind of came to the conclusion that I didn't want to do the same things. I didn't want to be the same person. And so it's kind of a perfect timing for me to kind of explore who else I'm going to be or what else I'm going to do. When you were in your darkest time and you might, well, it sounds like you're in a great headspace now. Yes. Um, how did you find the resilience within yourself to keep going? How are you finding resilience now to keep such a positive mindset when things feel a little bit unsure? I think uh, the resilience factor uh, comes from I don't have anyone else to fall on 
but myself. <laughs> so I think, you know, I have friends who are able to call their parents and, you know, their parents will help them out in a situation. I don't necessarily have that. So I think I always have to drive, push myself and have a drive to like overcome and keep going, coming up with solutions, um, trying different things to try to see, you know, what can work. As, aside of just like saying, I give up. Because if I give up, like, what are my options? Where am I going to live? Where am I going to go? Who's going to support me? I don't have that kind of backup plan. So you have to keep pushing. You have to survive. And so you just do it. What would you say your strongest creative strength is? Being free-spirited. I think I'm always, I've always been that way. Can or, you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, I've always, um, I'm the friend that you can call at 2 in the morning and say, let's go camping for three days. And I'm like, okay, give me six hours, let me do my schoolwork, and then I'll pack my bag and I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for something new. And I, it, I kind of mentioned that to you earlier. I like kind of being thrown in the unknown because I think that's when you kind of get to see what you're made of or, you know, what you have to offer to a situation. So I'm always looking for adventure, fun. And I also kind of have a rebellious streak and not to be like honorary or contrary, but I'm like, well, what's going on on this side? I know what's going on here, but I kind of want to like push the envelope and see what other options are available to me. So I think that that is something that has helped me creatively because it allows me to, you know, not only just think outside the box, but like be outside the box. How do you keep growing in that situation? How did, it sounds like you grew your business in different ways. Did you, did you, was that a, a purposeful thing that you felt like you got to a certain point and you wanted the challenge or did you feel like word of mouth was spreading and the business was kind of taking over and it demanded that of you? Uh, sometimes hitting rock bottom was a, pushed me to be creative in ways that I don't think I would have ever. And you hear people say that all the time, like you learn from your failures and you learn from your mistakes. And I think you, you know, you're like, okay, I get that. But when you're really in that situation and you're down, there is something that comes alive in you that is like, I have to fight to get myself out of this. And so once you push past the fear and the stress of that, you kind of allow yourself to open up to possibilities that you wouldn't have even pursued had things been good and on the up and up. And then also, I think, like with anything that you're doing, you always want to be fresh and on top of your field. So you're always, you know, seeking out, well, what's everyone else doing? What's going on? Uh, what can we do differently? You know, you're looking for things to inspire you and to inspire others. And so I think both uh, pull and draw some type of creativity out of you. I think you're very creative innately and you're giving a lot of people would be happy to stay in their rut. I, <laughs> I don't think everybody is necessarily like you. So um, <laughs> take that as a source of pride. Don't let that, everyone's not like, and it's amazing, you're risk taking. Uh, and my boyfriend's always like, if they're, he's like, you just get so bored, you'll find a problem to get yourself into. I'm like, that's probably very true. Well, they say constraints, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention and constraints Strands are, you know, kind of the thing that drives creativity um, by nature. Are there any creativity traits or personality traits um, that you'd like to work on that you feel like you need to give more energy to? With going to school and working, there's something that zaps your creativity. 
I think you're Oh, no, that of, sounds terrible. I think there's a, a, you're kind of on pilot mode, right? Like you're a full-time student, you're a full-time worker, and so you're just kind of like going through the checklist and getting things done. And I'm somebody who likes to journal a lot. I got myself a, a book that I could sketch. Oh, I love that. Instead of like always just writing yeah. in my journal, I was like, well, let me try to sketch out my emotions. Oh, that's beautiful. And see how that will help me kind of, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, I'm like, if I'm feeling sad, how would I draw out sad? How would I draw, you know, things like this? If I were doing this, how would I draw that out or make that look? And so I think that is something I've recently been doing that has helped me kind of tap into more of that creative spirit that I have because between writing papers and reading articles and, you know, studying, I don't always feel like I have the opportunity to be creative, and so I kind of have to like cultivate that. If you're feeling happy, what does a happy brunch look like? Yeah. What's happy food? What's <laughs> comfort food? What's sad food? What's pensive food? And it's so funny, and I you can understand how like menus change seasonally because what you know like brie grits is something you know when it's warm it's like cold and you know dark outside that's a very comforting food but then you know when it's summertime you want something that's kind of light and fresh and so that is the fun thing about uh, creating a menu and kind of going through the different changes is you can say like well what do I feel like right now and then you can like put that energy into the food that you're creating. Well and I would imagine for a restaurant you've got to think of what other people are going to want and put, you have to have a little empathy. Yes. You've got to imagine, and for someone like you who loves change so much, there's probably not a better industry, <laughs> maybe <laughs> entertainment, <laughs> where, you know, there's constant change. There's yes. constant parameters that are changing and then seasons and ingredients and clients Yeah, and, and I personnel. Think, yeah. When we first started, um, my partner was very much like, this is the type of food that I make. This is what I like, this is what we're gonna do. But then as you start to um, enter into the mass market, you have people with dietary restrictions. Mm -hmm. And so now the way you cook has to be different. Uh, you have to you know, be able to make food taste good, but in a situation where there is somebody who's vegan and needs you to omit the dairy, omit the cheese, or omit you know, certain parts of the dish, then it starts to lose its integrity. And so then you're like, well, what do we do? Do we just create a separate menu for people with these dietary restrictions? I mean, like I said before, it's a constant obstacle because, and people's dietary restrictions are changing constantly. With every new diet and... <laughs> it, it's always people are like, what do you have? I'm on the paleo diet. What do you have? I'm on this, you know, I have this allergy or... And so it's... Yeah, you're always trying to like find the happy medium with like how do you be creative, but then how do you cater to the masses? So I loved how you described yourself. You described <laughs> yourself uh, in words to me as a creator, therapist, motivator, and idea crusher <laughs> at your business. How did you, can you give us a little example about how that, how each of those things plays out? Yeah, idea crusher for sure. <laughs> um, my partner would always come in and say like, I'm gonna try this new thing. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> so it's not gonna work. One. You have to think about this, you have to think about that. And he's like, oh, okay, well, what about this? I'm like, nope, not gonna work. And 
it's interesting because I think you have to I don't think I would have necessarily, I think, yes, I have that natural ability to be that way. But in my corporate position before, I don't think I would have been that type of person. And I think being self-employed, that is something that developed out of me because it was like, it begins and ends with you. So having boundaries, being strong. Yeah, so you have to put yourself in a position of like, no, that's not going to work. We don't have time. We can't make that work. We have to move forward. You just... Because it's your money on the line. It's your money. It's your time. Um, it's an investment. And like, you know, it's food unlike any other product. If I were selling perfume or if I were selling liquor, that is something that can sit on the shelf. But with food, you have to sell through your food pretty much on a daily, you know, weekly basis. It's not going to sustain itself just, you know, for days on end, weeks on end. And so you really have to make sure if you're going to invest in a new menu that it makes sense and that it's going to be practical. And my partner is such a creative where he's like, well, I think we can make people get into the idea. I'm like, yeah, someone isn't going to buy a $13 peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you <laughs> have this extraordinary, you know, berry that you're going to create and this bread, it just, some things just don't translate. And so you have to get comfortable with being, you know, the ideal crusher. But then there's also moments where you're like, you get a job or you get a gig and you're like, we, the sky's the limit. Like who can come up with the zaniest thing? Who can come up with, um, something so out of ordinary that we've never seen before, and that's really fun. Well, what you're describing perfectly is the creative problem-solving process. I don't know if you remember us talking about it in <laughs> class, but <laughs> yes. right? There's the clarifier who figures out what the problem is. We have yes. to find something to feed people on Sunday morning, and then the ideator, who sounds like your partner, is like, we could do this, we could do uh -huh. this, we could do, we could do this. <laughs> and then there's the developer, which it sounds like that was your role. And yes. oftentimes when we're in partnership, we have to take an opposite role for balance, yes. right? And so it's the developer's idea to say, well, okay, we've got all these solutions. What's the perfect one? Yes. Right. And so that sounds like, so don't think that's not creative. That yeah. Is. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't get to really be that creative. But then, yes, definitely. I have to get creative when it comes to the specs and the functionality of things. And so that's kind of a fun thing for me. So tell me about being a therapist. I remember you talking a little bit in class about what it was oh, like just managing being like, people. Uh, being self-employed, you have to wear uh, so many different hats. I mean, there are times where, I mean, I've learned how to use tools and put things together, you know, on FaceTime with my partner because something has fallen apart. But a lot of times, you know, the people that you're working with, um, they have their own issues. They, you know, are coming to work and you're working in such a small environment. And when you're working in the food industry on a line and it's busy, and it, you know, that chemistry is off even just a little bit, it throws everything off. And so definitely having to take the time to sit with people and talk with them about what they're going through, what their experiences you know, are with the business, outside of the business, um, and just give people the opportunity to air out their grievances, um, talk about their problems, just so that, uh, they can get back to work and, you know, kind of have their head on in a in a space where they're ready to work. And you had said motivate. 
too, right? Yes, uh, definitely. I mean, you have to be a cheerleader. You have to um, get people excited about the work that they're doing, make them feel connected uh, to the work, uh, even if they're not, you know, owners. I think with everyone that I work with, I'm always not just telling them what we're going to do, but I'm always asking them, like, what do you think? I'm thinking of doing this. How do you see that? And I think that helps motivate because they feel like they have some investment and some say so. And, you know, the decisions are being made and they're, I'm not just saying this is what you're going to do. So if you had one last piece of advice for community college students, what might that be? One, definitely get yourself a good support system because uh, between going to school and working, um, it can be overwhelming and challenging at times and um, you're gonna miss out on a lot of things. Um, I have, I'm like, I can't do this, I'm working, I have to study when I get off of work, and so having people that understand and encourage you, I think is really helpful. And then the second thing is having mentors. I am a first generation college student in my family, and so my mom has never been through the college experience, and so I think surrounding myself with people that had been was really helpful because whereas my mom could encourage me like yes go to school and finish there were you know academic challenges of just how do you study like what's the best way of doing these things and yes you can always go to your professors but I think it was helpful that I had mentors that had been through ex the experience and could guide me and you know kind of show me the ropes of what it's like to be a college student and working and everything else that you have going on. I love this interview so much, Cole. I learned something from you today. <laughs> I think you really illustrated beautifully, without even meaning to maybe, how saying no so that you can make space for creativity is an important thing. No, I can't go out, I have to study. Yeah. Or no, I can't go out, I've got to go to the restaurant. No, we can't do that because we don't have the ingredients for that and that will not be a success. Yes. is a super important part of this process and I think you exemplified that really, really well in a positive way. No <laughs> is not always a negative, I guess. <laughs> that is very true. That was beautiful. Thank you Thank so you. much for being with us today, Cole. This was great. Thank you for having me.